welcome to Market Savvy Conversations. My name is Megan Walker, the Director of Market Savvy. And today, our very special guest is Sylvia Pfeiffer, who is the CEO of CoView. Hi, Sylvia. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your program. So good to have you because last time we spoke about two years ago, uh, you not, not that long since spun CoView out of the CSIRO and was setting it up and doing a lot of education around what telehealth is. And then, boom, fast forward a few years' time, we've had COVID and... Wow, how has telehealth changed since February 2020 for you, Sylvia, and what a ride you've been on? Yeah, it's, it's been quite a massive year for us, um, uh, but actually for the whole country, to be honest. Um, uh, all of Australia had to had to change um, in, in the way that we've been taking uh, healthcare. And the interesting thing is, uh, two years ago, hardly anyone knew what telehealth is uh, in the population, in the general population. Uh, doctors had heard about it, uh, particularly primary care practitioners didn't really think it was relevant to them. Um, a, a few mental health practitioners had picked it up because of the uh, better access Medicare items that were available, um, um, which, by the way, still are. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, telehealth really took off, obviously, in the pandemic when uh, the lockdowns came and the telehealth Medicare items were made available almost uniformly um, uh, and both phone and uh, video telehealth items. Yeah. And um, it's well and truly here to stay as we, we know now. Just to explain for anyone who is still new to telehealth, are we talking about a consultation over a mobile phone? Are we talking about a screen view like this? Just paint that picture so we're clear about what we're talking about. So telehealth is multiple things. Um, from where I stand, the two most important ones are uh, phone, phone telehealth. So when you uh, hold a consultation via the mobile phone, uh, and it has to be a proper phone consultation uh, with, you know, a diagnosis and, uh, and uh, advice, et cetera, for it to be uh, Medicare reimbursed for the GPs. Um, uh, and then the other one is video telehealth, which is sort of what we're doing right now in a video call, uh, but as a healthcare consultation. Uh, uh, again, that needs to have uh, a diagnosis and, and uh, assessments and, and advice uh, being given to, to the patient uh, uh, for it to be reimbursed. Um, but all of those, those items were made available. Um, there's generally other telehealth um, capabilities as well. You could have text chat um, to, to provide uh, telehealth to patients. You could also uh, send messages and have store and forward telehealth. That was not made available um, as, a re as reimbursable items during uh, COVID. Uh, the government really only focused on phone and video telehealth. Okay. And I see on your website you're a preferred platform as recognised by the Australian government. Well done. And I think it's probably important for us to mention that, that with telehealth comes rigours around security and privacy and that, you know, we're using Zoom to record this interview. But just tell us the benefits of using a platform like CoView over and above, say, Skype or Teams or, or Zoom, if you could touch on that. Mm, sure. Um, Skype was basically built for for um, you to talk to your family, more or less. 
um, Zoom and uh, um, other uh, conferencing applications for the boardroom were really built for enterprise to be able to hold um, video consultations or video video meetings uh, with 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 the team. So a custom built platform like CoView is custom built for healthcare. It's a telehealth platform for a reason. Uh, we allow you to take payments with credit card payments. We allow you to to take uh, Medicare. Uh, cards uh, and get Medicare, re Medicare reimbursements. Uh, we have clinical tools, so clinical functionality that's been built into the live video call. Uh, you can have standardized assessments. Uh, we're about to release, for example, the K10 for mental health assessments. Um, uh, we, we've, we've worked on artificial intelligence tools that can be used during the video consultation. So it's really laser focused on the medical use case, which has its own workflows, um, uh, booking workflows, um, waiting area workflows where people need to sit and wait with music. You know, it's really been adapted to the clinical workflows that we have in healthcare that don't really exist in a corporate environment. So it's a very different approach to uh, uh, to, to video conferencing than than your standard video conferencing applications. I'm so glad you mentioned all of that because we're not casualizing healthcare by using an alternate technology. The rigors of security and privacy are just as, as critical, if not more so than ever. And so the practice owners who've embraced telehealth and uh, video health over the last couple of years, what opportunities have emerged for them? And how have you seen practices embrace telehealth and grow using the platform? Yeah, uh, so we've seen a whole bunch of um, uh, practices embrace telehealth during the pandemic and then realize that there are advantages for them to retain that uh, going forwards. Um, now, the approaches are slightly different between allied health um, uh, GPs and specialists. And I will just put out there that only about 3% of GPs picked up video telehealth. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, during the pandemic, where while the rest of the people that picked up telehealth uh, just did phone phone consultations, um, uh, which is fair enough. I totally understand that uh, it is a big step to go from no technology to suddenly having to use a video um, a, a video call and, and and some maybe a mobile phone or something like that to deliver care. So it's it's a big change. Um, what are some of the advantages? Uh, we've seen um, mental health practitioners, for example, make make their dreams come true. So they moved. We've got a customer that's moved to Hamilton Island and is continuing to service their patients in the ACT with mental health um, uh, consultations. Uh, they've gone full full time online and are servicing patients just as well as before, and the patients are are quite happy with the results. Um, we've seen a psychiatrist out of um, you know, um, Melbourne, uh, be able to deliver video consultations to um, people that live in cars, uh, the homeless population, mm -hmm. um, that a population that would otherwise never receive care, uh, that has just been opened up through video consultations. We've seen wow. practices um, in like speech pathology practices uh, expand their reach into rural and remote areas because they could uh, suddenly hold the um, 
standardized assessments that are necessary in, in, in speech and language therapy uh, to diagnose the children. They could do that via video as well. Uh, and they were able to expand their practice, have more, more patients come to them than before. Um, we've heard from many practitioners that have picked up video telehealth that uh, the number of no-shows has been reduced. So people turn up to their mm -hmm. video calls. Um, uh, it's easier to turn up to a video call than to an in-person call when you get stuck at work or something. You know, you go in a quiet area, you, you hold your consultation and you come back. So there's, there's lots of opportunities for, for practices to expand. Um, one model that we've seen work quite well for general practices is um, uh, not so much to disrupt the practice that's actually already working and quite effective, but um, practices can add an, another practitioner to, their, to, to, to the service offering to their patients that just takes video calls. So that person would work from home and could be uh, located anywhere, right? Um, and they can provide the video consultations for, for patients while the practice that is uh, running with the local, uh, the local patients will continue running as is with, with in-person services. So that allows these local patients to see their practice and, and, and to give, get advice from, you know, from, from the GPs online as well as in person. So many amazing outcomes of connectivity and accessing health where you are. I, I love your example from homelessness, regional, remote. I can imagine too that people are now able to skip over long waiting lists or long, you know, the distances we've got in Australia of travel to get to specialists. And so in addition to those benefits for the patients and clients, then from the practices side, I know we've talked a little bit about this, that notion of hyper-specialisation so that you can choose the area that you are the absolute, you go narrow but go extremely deep in your area of expertise and then access clients and patients where they are. Tell me about that notion of thinking of building a practice around a super niche focus in health. Mm, that's a very good example of a, of a great use case of, of telehealth. Uh, when when you as a practitioner, let's say you're a, a GP and you really want to focus deeply on uh, women's health, um, I'm just picking an example here. I, I know practitioners have lots of different areas of their interest, but if you have one specific area that you really care deeply about and you, you learn everything about it and you become the specialist, then you would really want to just service patients that that are looking for your expertise, not having to deal with all these other things that you might not be interested in. Uh, however, the biggest problem you have when you do that is that your, um, your local population, the population that comes to you is limited in size. Um, and so your specialization is not really um, um, widely enough accessible. So the only way to get access to patients beyond your local border is actually through telehealth, mm -hmm. except if you're, you know, you go and travel around and, 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 and um, spend time in other regions just to get to, to the patients that need your help. Uh, but that's obviously not very practical. And it's obviously a lot of waste of your time. So uh, telehealth is actually a really good way to offer those services. And because it's digital, um, you set up your website, you do the advertising around it. You put your, your telehealth service online with Curvy. You 
basically put a virtual front door link on your website um, and people can come through that virtual front door to see you. You can put a booking link on as well if you prefer. Um, and uh, uh, so that actually allows you to, to go deeper in your specialization and to deal with the type of patients that you really care deeply about. I'm really excited about that from the from the marketing perspective as much from the patient side that you know for very low cost you can find your patients and clients where they are you know this has also come into the time where we have such low cost advertising available through Facebook ads and Google ads that don't have to be scammy or spammy and find those people where they are test out a use case for it and then you know, have either a hybrid brick and click, uh, brick and mortar, sorry, with telehealth or pure digital and and really expand the growth of the practice through telehealth. I, I think it's such an exciting time that we're in for practices reaching people who need them. Um, Sylvia, I wanted to touch on your comment about only 3% of general practices have taken on telehealth. And I'm imagining in that world, you know, we're, we're in the space of six-minute, eight-minute appointments, um, sometimes emergency presentations. When I mean, general practice is a hard and fast world, typically. And so time, I'm imagining, is one of the barriers for people having adopted telehealth. But what other internal preparations would a clinic need to undertake to make the transition from traditional into telehealth and to get started? Mm. Yes. Um, so with CurveU, we're trying to make those transitions as smooth as possible and uh, the uptake of technology as smooth as possible. Um, so you, you want to um, obviously uh, make sure that everyone in the practice is on board with it. Um, um, not every clinician will have to be on board with it. If clinicians want to just practice um, in, in person, that's fine. Uh, you can create a hybrid setup, hybrid in person and, and remote. Uh, maybe some of the practitioners uh, decide that they're just going to offer video consultations every Friday afternoon, something like that, uh, a pick a block. Um, it, it can be quite disruptive if you're trying to do a complete hybrid setup where uh, you have a person online, then you go see somebody in person, you come back to online. People don't switch easily between these different modalities. So actually blocking out um, times is a good way to do it. Mm. Um um, what you will want to um, pay attention to is the booking of those sessions so that uh, patients can book uh, and know whether they see you in person via telephone or, or via video. Um, you'll want to make sure that um, patients find a link or find, find your virtual front door quite easily. You'll want to put that on your website. Uh, you want to make sure that your staff, uh, your front of house staff, is av is is available to to manage all of this. Uh, I'm sure as uh, GP practices have picked up phone as a consultation mechanism, they also had to make sure that the front of house staff it was actually able to 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 deal with the uh, phone consultations as well. That the receptionist really knew um, how to pick up patients in that way or to make sure that the, um, the, the, the patients that were waiting for a phone call were actually slotted in at the right time with the practitioner. You know, so those kinds of things translate for video consultations as well. Mm. And we, um, we really would, would love to get people embracing telehealth, wouldn't we? So tell us about the advantages of telehealth over using a phone for a consult. 
Yeah, so there's huge advantages for the patients. Um, I just want to tell a little story um, about um, um, some a, a, a service that we've spoken with, um, and they've had a lot of phone consultations, didn't pick up video at all, uh, and uh, the local emergency department was being driven crazy by their patients because their patients wouldn't go uh, wouldn't get enough information out of the doctor from the phone calls. The doctor thought it was a great way of, of, of providing the service. The doctor would do the phone calls and thought the patient had understood, but because the pa they couldn't see the face of the patient, they couldn't see the reactions of the patients, they didn't actually know whether the patient had absorbed all the information. So after three phone calls about the same thing, they just packed up their family and went to the emergency room and had to get emergency uh, help. And it's, it's not a good way to, to provide service, to not a good way to provide healthcare um, if, if your patients do not understand what you're telling them. So um, it's while the clinician might think that phone is just good enough, it actually isn't. Patients don't take away as much from a phone call as they do from a video call. They might not um, write things down. They might not hear you properly. They might be very confused and you mm -hmm. don't see it and they might not feel like they can speak up. So uh, they just let things go. Um, you cannot actually see um, any, you know, any changes in, in their uh, posture, in their, on their skin or anything like that. So without mm -hmm. the visual component, it, it can also be quite difficult to diagnose. Um, so phone has a lot of drawbacks. Uh, whereas video is a lot more like having an in-person consultation, so much closer to it. There will certainly be things that you still cannot do via video, uh, so don't expect everything to be possible via video, but a lot more things are able to be done via video than they are by phone. Mm, so I'd, I'd really highly encourage GPs to, to, to try it out. Uh, we've had so many people that, that were kind of skeptical, but once they've tried it, they went, they're never going back. They're not yeah. never doing phone calls again because it is a much better interaction and you've got the, the human connection via video call. You don't get that via the phone call. And as a, as a lay person, parent, as soon as you have the benefit of not having to get a sick child in a car and sit outside a medical practice and have masks on and be called in for a, you know, being able to stay at home and get that advice and support that you need. What a, what a game changer. Absolutely. <laughs> and Sylvia, as we start to wrap up, I've got um, sort of two more questions for you. One is any other messages or information you'd like to get out to the allied health GPs or specialists who are listening to this? And then to um, wrap us up, how people can get started with COVID and take the first step and you know, what, what they can expect from, from using your platform. So mm. take us away. <laughs> sure. I, I would like to point out that the government has just extended the Medicare items till the end of this year. Uh, and rumour has it they will uh, make them permanent. So the change is coming in the industry uh, and uh, uh, video is not going away. Video telehealth, phone telehealth, uh, and the whole digital transformation isn't going away. It's just going to get, um, you know, it's going to change over time. It's already happening everywhere overseas. Uh, we, we're also seeing uh, mobile applications being turned into subscribable things. So it's, it's almost like a mobile application is a replacement for, for medication. So the digital world is changing. 
And telehealth is one way to get started with it, video telehealth specifically. Uh, the phone obviously is a 150-year-old item, so that's not really any kind of digital transformation, uh, but video calls are taking you in the right direction. So I'd really highly encourage people to pick it up, even if, it, if you're struggling a little bit, uh, all the changes you're making uh, by picking up video telehealth, uh, you, you put in some structure in your organization, you make, might make your bookings more frequent, um, and uh, uh, you're offering a, a different kind of access for your patients that they can, can, can take more easily, I'd really highly encourage people to try it out. Mm -hmm. um, about CoView, if you wanted to get some help, we've got a chatbot on our CoView website. Uh, there are real people behind it. So uh, you will get actually a real person replying to you. So if, you, if you're interested and you want some help, don't hesitate to reach out through that. You can also book a demo with us on our website, coview.com. And um, uh, they, uh, we, our, our friendly customer success uh, uh, staff will help you and will give you a demo and will talk through your specific use cases. And we'll also help you to, to determine what the best approach is for you. And really, de de um, it's dependent on your practice, how um, ready you are for telehealth, uh, how much training you might need, how much staff training you might need. Uh, maybe you need to buy some hardware. Um, it's, it, it really depends. So we, I can't give a generic recommendation here, but uh, do reach out. We're here to help. Uh, and uh, that's what we, we do. We've done a lot with, with thousands of practitioners during the pandemic, and we're very happy to continue doing that. Wonderful. And the, the barrier to entry is not as high as, you know, people, if they're worried about the technology, that demo will, will I'm, I'm just only imagining, will really show that it's quite simple and straightforward and and follow these steps and get started. So I love it from a marketing perspective. Of course, it's a wonderful service to add on that clients and patients are just lapping up and want it and also love it for the, the reachability and the help that we can get to people with, with access issues. And Sylvia, thank you so much for the amazing work that you do. And I can only imagine how hard this last <laughs> year has been for you. Um, send us off what's your final thoughts as we wrap up oh it's been an amazing year um of course we've made you know 10 years of progress in digital technology in, in a couple of weeks as, as minister hunt said um but um we've also stepped back a little bit people have gone to in-person health again a lot of practitioners that have picked it up in a rush have dropped it again um it, it's um it's it's not just for the pandemic I want people to think about telehealth as something that's here to stay okay. uh, and that people should take seriously because it is definitely here to stay. It's definitely coming, uh, even if it might take a general a generational change. Um, uh, there, there, it, this is technology that we will have to embrace. Wonderful. So we'll put a link to where people can get more information where they're watching this video or listening to our, um, our interview. Sylvia, thanks so much again. Really love talking to you. And, and uh, thanks again for all your great work at CoView. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too.